Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Forgiven Podcast. We are glad that you are here joining us. Uh, you might be in your car driving or you might be at home just listening along or or whatever. We're just glad that you are here. I don't know. Uh, maybe you are a church core and uh, you you kind of are, are part of our church or maybe another church and you're just kind of caught on to the podcast and we are uh, glad that you're here. But I also realize that there are a lot of people who listen who um, you, you're just kind of going back to church or you are at a point where you are looking at maybe some things in a deeper way and uh, you're just at the beginning stage. You may not even be you may not even be at a point where you are considering yourself a Christian. It doesn't matter where or well, what you are doing and at what state you are. What we want to do is we want to authentically uh, begin to talk about certain things of faith that will help you to grow. And I don't care if you're 10 out of 100 in your walk. What I want to do and what we want to do is uh, we would like to take you to a 10 and a half or 11. We just, you know, there's just times where you, you have opportunities to learn things that help you grow in your faith. And we don't get a chance on Sunday all the time um, to introduce some things that people love. Isn't that right, Logan? That is absolutely right. And that was the idea behind Forgiven was to answer the questions that aren't always answerable from the pulpit. Yeah. And, and we are going to be talking today about something of extreme importance. And the thing that bothers me about it is that it seems like uh, we have made it optional when in fact it's probably one of the most important things that we have to do as a Christian. Couldn't agree more. It is mentioned in the New Testament. And when it is mentioned in the, two, in the New Testament, one third of those, the, the Ten Commandments, it is probably the most explained uh, of all of the commandments. There are, are rabbis who have, who have studied intently uh, the Ten Commandments and they say that if you do not obey this commandment, it's very difficult to be able to go. It connects to every one of the commandments. And uh, it is apparent today in the church and, and also for those who are, are just kind of on the journey. And it's due to the fact that we are seeing a lot of things take place in our society uh, that alarm us. Uh, and the fact that we are a society that is in the midst of an epidemic of stress, yep. right? And I, I think, Logan, you probably have a few statistics just kind of talk out to, to talk about that. Well, so, and stress often lead. I think a lot of the reason we have stress is because of there's too much work. And I think that is where a lot of the stress comes, comes from. So in, in the States, as of, I think this one was done in 2018, up to 43% of millennials, which I would count myself as a millennial, um, will have missed a family gathering or a leisure because of work or because they were stressed and because they couldn't go. Um, and I think that was, I think once every three months. Wow. So if you're missing out, like imagine the stress that comes um, with that. Yeah. It's like, it's absolutely um, insane. And now, but there is a positive to that in that in Canada, about 41% of Canadians who are full-time employees um, actually say that they have, a work-life balance and that they're not stressed about work. Yeah. Uh, at least on, on a regular basis, the stress isn't overwhelming them, yeah. um, which is kind of yeah. crazy to me. There's, there's statistics that talk about people who say they can't sleep at yeah. night, um, that they have a physical response to the stress that they go through. Um, I was just recently reading an article that was very interesting. That was the study was done uh, from 2015 to 2020, and they were talking about uh, suicide attempts amongst adolescents. 
And they were talking about uh, the fact that there are many um, children and adolescents who tried to kill themselves through what would be called self-poisoning. Yeah. Uh, taking too much ibuprofen or whatever. And and the fact that, that from 2015 to 2020, that the rate of those who have made those attempts had grown about 26, 27%. Wow. And, and as they were going through each age category, they noticed a particular change uh, of kids who were 10 to 12 years old, that it had risen over 100%. And that was just kind of shocking. And sometimes we don't realize that our stress gets transferred down to our kids. And so, so we kind of have, as, as we were kind of off air discussing all this, we, we come to the realization that there seems to be these two different uh, emphasis that go on. One would be the, the culture that says, I just got to work, work yeah. super hard. Yes. Right? And I don't know if there's an actual name that is called. I, I, think, it's, I think popular culture has coined it like a hustler culture. The hustler culture. Hustler culture. It's this idea that, you know, if you're not working, you're 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 dying. Or like it's all about making a name for yourself and like working yourself to the bone. It's all about getting money, getting money. It's it's a very like object and like filled uh like world. And I mean I've noticed that even in some of my like uh close friends where it's like they work like sixty five plus hours a week sometimes just because they wanna live this like lavish, like lifestyle and stuff like that and honestly some of my friends are super nerds and they just want they work 65 hours a week to go and spend money on minifigures for for like the board games and stuff that they play yeah but it's like they work so much and they stress about it um yeah there's a payoff in a positive way and there's a positive payoff in a a negative way in really negative way i remember i remember having a discussion with someone who was very much knowledgeable about workaholics and workaholism and they were talking about the similarities between alcoholism and workaholism. Mm. That there's the, the first stage of alcoholism, which, which is what you are proud of. Well, I can drink that person under the table. Yeah. And, it, and you, you can work that person. I'm proud of the work. And then all of a sudden it gets to a point where, where it is so much that it be, all of a sudden becomes a problem. And you begin to notice uh, situations in, uh, that, and, and then there's a point where people say, hey, have you realized that there's a problem? You know, people begin to, to talk about alcoholism. Hey, have you realized that you drink a lot? You know, you also have people say, hey, have you realized that you're working a whole lot? Have you realized that your family is is being, you know, then there all of a sudden is there's these these sig- signals that your body gives off. Yeah. It was just, I thought it was an interesting conversation well, that that any kind of addiction that like that, because work, see, the problem is many of us, we find our identity in our work. Absolutely. Work is... I am what I do. And I don't think that that was ever anything that God had intended for our lives. And so as we begin begin talking about this thing, which is called the Sabbath, uh, and the church sometimes can be guilty, pastors particularly can be guilty of (laughs) not taking Sabbath. We talk about it. We talk about the importance of it. Uh, But the demands become so much that we often don't practice what we preach. But... It is of utmost importance for us to begin to talk about the importance of taking a Sabbath. And one of them is due to the fact that you are not what you do. No. And that Jesus, when he uh, had most of his interference and most of his conflict with the Pharisees, it had to do with the Sabbath. You know, he, I don't know, Jesus could have healed on a Wednesday and Thursday and Tuesday, and maybe he did. Oh, probably. But, But the times that we read in Scripture... 
were the fact that Jesus had healed somebody on the Sabbath. And instead of them being happy that some person has been healed of some disease that they've had their whole life, they were angry over the fact that he did it on the Sabbath. And, and so much, if you're looking into the Gospels, much of the conflict that Jesus had had with the Pharisees had to deal with the fact that it had to do with the Sabbath. And Jesus basically comes out with the statement that, that we were not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for us. Yeah. And, and sometimes in the pressures of life, what we have to do is we need to take a time now, I know in, in some of the scriptures, one of the scriptures that you kind of had as you were talking about it was the fact that in Genesis chapter 2, it talks about the fact that Jesus took time, or that God uh, had taken time to, to create a day that was for the rest, and he declared that day holy. Yes. The first thing that is mentioned as being declared as holy, set apart, was our time. I yes. thought that was kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- and <clears throat> partially, I think, and I can't, this is circumstantial because I haven't done the research to back it up, but part of me thinks the reason why the Sabbath is so important uh, is I think Jesus is also trying to break down uh, like the Pharisees' legalistic view of like just overall uh, like Judaism at the time. So he's being like, look, like, yeah, the day is holy, so why not? Why can't I heal somebody and honor God on this holy day? Yeah. Right? Like, I think. There's, there's, that's a tangent, but I think that also implies like the importance of like the Sabbath and that like yeah. if Jesus is willing to like fight it this many times, then anybody reading the Bible can see that like oh there's probably something important about this day, yeah right and it's the fact that it's one of the like it's in the first like six pages of your Bible that yeah. God says nope this day you rest you do not do anything this day is holy. And then, and then all of a sudden, once we get into the, the Hebrew history, uh, the most important part of, of Hebrews 3, or one of it had to do with the Ten Commandments. Yes. And, and God says, this is important. This is so important. Of the top ten things you do, you have to remember to set a time apart uh, to rest. And even, even today, there is still a dichotomy, isn't there? There is a, a, a legalistic form that sees the Pharisees, the uh, the Sabbath in one way, and then there's the people who just see it as irrelevant. That's just something which is optional. Yeah. Uh, and both of, both of them are equally wrong, and both of them can be equally damaging. One thing I noticed when we were talking about, the, in, in Exodus chapter 20, it talks about the yeah. Ten Commandments and about the Sabbath. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, it also talks about it. And it was interesting as... as uh, they expound on the Ten Commandments, and it says, "I brought you out of Egypt." Yeah, four hundred and sixty was it? Four hundred and sixty years Something of, like that. of slavery, and and there was an attachment to that 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 they worked every day, every day, every day, seven days a week for four hundred and sixty years. It was part of their genealogy. Yeah. It was part of of generations and generations of doing it, and 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 God was kind of explaining. You should know of all people the importance of dedicating a time of holiness towards me. And in that time, uh, when that commandment was made, there were there was only one person that was able to take a time to rest. It was a free man. If you were a woman, you had no opportunity to rest. And if you were a slave, of course, you didn't have any time to rest. And so when when God explains the importance of, of the uh, Sabbath, he basically says, 
not only you, but your family and your children and your workers yes. and your animals. Animals. Everything. You need to allow it a time uh, to rest. Which specifically is like super countercultural to the time because for the, I mean, in the hierarchy of like society, it went like men, children, women, animals. So the fact that God even directly includes the fact of the lowest of the low in society even get a day off, like that is really, really important to note because they didn't, like you said, they they weren't, they didn't earn it. It wasn't part of the culture. So for God to say like, nope, it is, and I am commanding it, yeah. is, is hugely important. It and adds to the impact. And there's a day where everybody is even. Yes, no exactly. No one person is seen as different uh, than anyone else. Yeah, that's... And so, so all of a sudden we get talking, okay, this is an important thing. What, is, what does that look like? What are some of the things that are important? I, I believe that there are formations in our life, spiritual disciplines that we have to have. And if you don't have those disciplines, then um, then you don't grow. If if you're uh, listening and and you're just kind of new to faith, one of the important things they tell you once you accept Jesus is you need to develop a time to pray. And, and if a person is not praying, usually they're not growing. If you don't spend time in the Word of God, then chances are your growth will be slow. You know, it, it is the same with worship and going to church and finding a fellowship and and, and being people that you can, can do uh, church and life with together, tithing, uh, de- developing a time where you, you are generous towards God is, is something of utmost importance. And people think that that's an option. But if a person's not tithing, chances are they're probably not growing or they can only grow to a certain level. Absolutely. And so go ahead. Well, and just... The idea, and I think it's, I was going to say, I think it's extremely arrogant for us as humans to think that we don't need a day of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Humility is a huge part yeah. of the Sabbath. And and Sabbath is also part of that spiritual formation. Yes, exactly. Like, the, the thing is, you don't get saved by praying. Praying does not save you per se. It's asking Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that 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 saves us and when Jesus comes in uh, it's not like they are things indicative of salvation but they are things that are indicative of growth that you need to have and i believe that god sets up a rhythm in our lives yes and if you can practice that rhythm uh, it allows the presence of god to slowly and 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 ultimately cause us to grow to levels of maturity that we won't be if we don't have those things in our lives and and that's why sabbath becomes an extremely important thing, right? So, hey, so let me ask, what's your story? You know, there's some. I, I find that I have still not grasped everything having to do. Yeah. You know, I've been a, a minister for, for decades, and I don't have. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm a slow learner, or just do the fact that the more I get into serving Jesus and giving myself to him and abiding in him, there there are things that become released to me, things that all of a sudden I realize are important. But there was a time where I didn't, and there was a time that perhaps you didn't. What yeah. would be your story? So, I mean, growing up, like, realistically, when I was in Bible college, which should be the time, like, and this is to all you college students listening out there, take a Sabbath. Because you might think you don't have the time or, oh, my gosh, I have to study for this, and I have this, this, and this. No. Take a Sabbath. Because not only will not doing anything for 24 hours 
only help reset and empower you to go out and do better the next day. Um, it also just keeps you sane <laughs> because when I was in Bible college, I had this end, I had this mentality where I was like arrogant and super prideful. And I was like, I don't need a Sabbath. I'm in Bible college. This is a time of my life where I should be working really, really hard. Why should I rest? I literally used to say this to my closest friends. Oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like, like I would say that all the time because they'd be like, I'd show up to class after, you know, being up till 4 a.m., whatever, and I'm two Red Bulls in, and they'd be like, Logan, you, that's not healthy. You need to stop. And I was like, yeah, well, it's four years. I'll get through it, and then I'll take my rest. You know, it's this yeah. arrogant idea that, like, I don't need this right now. I'm strong. I can do this on my own. And the reality is I could not because my grades, my second year Bible college, absolutely crumbled. I was put on academic probation because I couldn't function in my classes. And it wasn't until I finally like realized that like, oh man, this is not healthy and I need to start like taking care of myself uh, and, and taking a Sabbath. And so what I did was the next year when I returned, I stripped my course load down to the bare minimum basically. And I actually started practicing a Sabbath. And what happened was, is my relationships with everything completely flourished. Everything in my life completely changed because a, I wasn't an arrogant and prideful, you know, little jerk, but more, I think more importantly, it was, I started putting, you know, my relationship with the Lord first. And I started taking a time to rest to Sabbath and, and all of those other spiritual practices that you talk about. And my life completely changed. And now I notice in myself that when my routine changes, when I don't take a Sabbath, or when I don't have those healthy practices, my life just deterior deteriorates not necessarily at like an, an alarming speed, but I notice it in myself when I start to get, I get short tempered, my ADHD spikes up and I start getting distracted really easy and I become emotional and all these different things. Yeah. And, and, and it leads to these moments of these big outbursts. Yeah. I find sometimes when I'm skimming, I'm skimming on my relationship with God. Yeah. I don't know if that, uh, if that resonates with people, but you know, you're reading your Bible, but you think, oh, I'll just, I'll just make, I'll read this or uh, I won't read it. I'll just listen to it. Or, or you just, you just kind of quickly, quickly doing it because it's kind of supposed to be part of your spiritual routine, but you're not into it. Uh, that's, right? I battled with that. Yeah. I'll be honest. I still battle with that. Yeah. Like there are moments where, where it's like, oh, I'll just read one chapter today instead of like two or I'll read, I'll read just one parable. You know, and then you read it five minutes before you go to sleep, and then it's like, oh, you check it off your list, and it's like, no, it's not what we should be doing. Yeah, I've I have found that um, there have been, I don't know if the term applies, come to Jesus moments with my Sabbath. <laughs> oh, I agree. Yep. That and and a number of the major times have actually happened um, as a result of working in this church. One as as assistant pastor. One was I was at the senior pastor. Uh, I remember that I was at a time where I was out every night. I had three young children, and I was doing everything, and people applauded. Oh, yeah. People applauded the fact, oh, Pastor, you work so hard. We appreciate everything that you do, and we just kind of get addicted to that praise, and, and we become associated with what we do. And, yep. and the church culture, uh, many times, although it talks about Sabbath, many times it, it is surrounded by the idol of work. And I was at a point where I was, was running on every cylinder, and there was something that happened at the church uh, where there was a meeting with a bunch of uh, of uh, parents, and uh, there was just a, it didn't. 
You ever been in a church meeting that doesn't go well? Oh yes. <laughs> this this was one, and I remember at a, I was at a point where, where I just said I just had it. I have. I am done. And the person that was working with me was saying, "I am done. We've done all this work, and and this is what we get forward." And and uh, we we ended up ultimately staying because we we realized that you know any kind of selfish move that we make will hurt will hurt no one else that the people we're trying to minister to. Yeah. But from that, there was just a clarity that had come that I was spending. I was robbing my family based on the fact that I was doing all this work. And it, it came to a point where I said, I'm doing all these things for people who don't really care for me. And that wasn't so much the case, but you know, there were people who, who were critical yeah. of what I was doing. And I was doing all this to try and please them while at the same time there was a family who loved me and adored me uh, that I was robbing from. And I wasn't taking the time to, to sit before God, to abide in Him, to allow His presence to, to flow through me. And, um, and there was just another time when just uh, uh, probably at the beginning of COVID where, where I, had, I had kind of blown up over a situation that wasn't really even a situation at all. And, and as I was getting counseling for it, they were asking me, so, you know, where is your levels of stress and what do you do to de-escalate? And I said, I'm always at a point of escalation. I was always at a 7 out of 10 in terms of my stress. If it got to an 8 or 9, I did something about it. And they basically said, you can't run on your adrenaline like that. You are working, you know. And so, and so I had to go and stop and, and almost, yeah, almost like take your, dismantle yourself. Yeah. And go back to some of the, the common things that gives you health. And this is why Sabbath is so important. Now, there is a difference with Sabbath that many people don't know about. Uh, again, as we were discussing before we kind of went online here, yeah, we talked about the fact that a lot of our society now, and there are a lot of business books and a lot of uh, things out there that are talking about taking time to rest. You know that you will be more productive if you take the time to rest, and if you 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 are. And we are we have we have kind of seen the work scene changed over the fact that yeah. we are allowing people that time to rest. And it is it is something which is a great principle uh, to help people to be more productive in the workplace. Yes. And we see that that is a byproduct of Sabbath. But that's not what Sabbath is all about. There is a difference between resting from our work and working from our rest. There's a huge difference between one and the other because we're more contemplative as followers of Jesus. That there needs to be a time where we work out of our relationship with Jesus. And you don't allow the time for God to pour into you unless you take time to Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so there's a huge difference between uh, resting from your work and working from your rest. And that's what God calls us to do. That he makes all things beautiful in its timing. And so, so the, the purpose of Sabbath was for you to be able to work out of a love and a passion for Jesus. And that will be the thing that will reflect in your work, that you will work because you love Jesus, not because it's something that you do and that who you are. So Absolutely. I, th I thought that that was extremely important as well, I began to contemplate yeah, this. Yeah, and like I, I mentioned some of those stats earlier, but I'll be honest, when I was researching for this, I mean, when, you, when, you, when I try to 
you know, uh, organized podcast, when I do any type of prep for anything, I don't ever want to go in with a bias, right? You don't ever yeah. want to go. But I wholeheartedly had a bias going into this, thinking that I'm going to see some really detrimental stats on like unhealthy work practices and stuff. And honestly, no, there was not a lot that I could find on like super unhealthy work. Yeah, so what you were learning was that that society is actually beginning to learn. Yeah, we, like this. and and but and what struck me was they're talking about essentially having a Sabbath without calling it like a Sabbath. They're basically, they're talking about working from rest as opposed to working to rest Mm -hmm. and, and all these things. And I was like, so where's the, like, I was like, what happened? I was like, it it just blew my mind that, that like cultural has taken such like a foundational, like structural piece of the Christian yep. faith and it has completely removed all right. like religiosity from it. Our, which, so- our society has learned to rest from their work, but not to work from their rest. Yeah. And, and it just blew my mind. And one of the things that is really challenging with trying to separate, like say time off versus like a Sabbath is people often only have a Sabbath when they have time off. And so then the two often get conflated with each other. Yeah. And, and, and so I know for me, that was like, it, it's hard for me to differentiate the time where I'm like, you know what, I've worked, you know, 40 hours this week already. And it's like, you know, what? I'm just going to take today and I'm not going to do anything to me. That's not a Sabbath. That's just me not doing anything. Like, like, it's like Saturday when I wake up, I am going to, you know, make coffee, make breakfast, yeah. whatever. You were resting from your work. Exactly. But it's Sunday for me where it's like, no, even though I may come to church and I might, you know, yep. be working. That's my Sabbath because it's I am putting the Lord first and I am like doing like I'm reorientating myself for like the next yeah. week. Yeah. And so it's you have to have an understanding that yeah. like time off and Sabbath are different. They to, work well together. To work from your rest. Yeah. Exactly. So how you uh, what exactly what exactly how does a Sabbath look? That might be a, an important thing that, that a lot of my... people were wanting to ask. Now I have I have. Um, heard of these ingredients. This is not my uh, my solution. I think it was Pete Scazzaro in his book Emotionally Healthy Discipleship that that begins to talk about these things. And I'm not too sure if this is original to him. Maybe he got this from someone else. Um, but there are, there are some common elements that are part of a Sabbath. The first thing is to actually stop. The first thing is to stop to actually. Take a step of faith to realize that the world will not go off its moorings yeah. if you take time off and time uh, away from it. It will not fall apart. Then what you do, secondly, is that you rest. You just take a time to allow your body to catch up to the chaos of, of your work yes. or your busyness. It is, it is taking a look so that the red light, you know how they have in your car the oil light? Yeah, the check engine light. Yeah, yeah. the check engine light or whatever. You know, you you take that time to rest so that it prevents that red light uh, of our bodies from going on, or the red light for your soul. The, the third thing is to delight. And that's something that we don't understand many mm-hmm. times, is that Sabbath is supposed to be something for us to enjoy. It is an invitation from God to to enjoy Him and to just to take the time to understand that to enjoy life is a good thing, and that's what God wants us to do. There was a book 
1972 was called The Theology of Plays by a fellow named Jürgen Moltmann. Oh, I know that book. I read that in college. Really? Did you or other it? Jürgen Moltmann books, but yeah. You look at it, you look at it and and to buy that book is probably $900 to try and Yeah. and it's not that big of a book. No, it's it's just a lot of people want it yeah. and it was out of print, still is out of print. But he's talking about the fact that as Jesus is creating, he is having fun. That yes. there's joy, yeah. that there's happiness to to enjoy life to go and enjoy a baseball game and to enjoy dancing and, and to have a fun time and to do games. And this is all a part of Sabbath. Yeah. That that part of the Sabbath is to actually have something that brings joy to your life. Exactly. And and that is a, an ingredient that sometimes we miss. I, I think pastors need to have a little bit more fun. Couldn't and agree more. I think that Christians need to have a little more fun. And that God has kind of set it up. That's kind of one of the main purposes for us to uh, to enjoy God. I think as part of the catechism, I can't remember what it says, to enjoy God, to, yeah. to enjoy to enjoy Him, and to reflect, to contemplate, to go deeper, to take that time to, to look deeper into who God is. There are so many things about God that are absolutely wonderful, that He's unchanging that he is all powerful the fact of grace and and um and everything he has done for us it takes an eternity i was going to say it takes a lifetime to know god it doesn't it takes an eternity to we will never know yeah everything about god like someone has said that the biggest issue with with sabbath is that sabbath actually gives us a taste of of what heaven should be like. And when you stop and consider that, that's that's an awesome thought. And and it makes me even more hungry to just discipline myself to get into that rhythm where I am continually taking time not just to rest from my work, but to work from my rest. Yeah. That everything I'm doing is a reflection of the fact that I have sat before God uh, to see him move in my life. And so those are the four. To stop to rest, to delight, and to reflect. How how about you? What is some of the things that that you consider when you go into a? Do yeah. So one thing, uh, co- an old coworker of mine used to tell me, uh, he would ask me like, Logan, how was your Sabbath? Blah blah blah. What'd you do? And I'd be like, Oh, I like I cleaned my apartment, or Oh, I caught up on laundry, and you know, it was basically a day to run errands. And he's like, Okay, those are all like good things. But he's like, what did you do that actually like brought you joy? What did you do that actually like gave you energy or gave you life? And I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't really do anything. Or it's like, oh, I played video games for a couple hours. And for me, that's that's enjoyable. And that's, you know, I would say life giving in some ways. But he really like called me to the mat and was like, look, he's like to, you know, and he he knows this, the peak Cazero like thing. And so he was like, you look, he's like, you're he's like, you're not working from rest he's like you're working to rest and he's like those are two very different things and and then he kind of he called me to the mat on that and then i started like looking at it and be like oh right i'm not actually like taking time to properly rest to enjoy and to delight and to do all of those things um and so for me like a sabbath now is is very um i try to do as little as possible so for me i will turn my phone completely off like when I'm actually trying to have a like a true Sabbath and stuff, my phone is off. 
because it's I'm sorry, like just with the nature of what I do, I'm like, well, my phone is off. This is my time off. The world is not going to fall apart for the 10 hours that I'm not checking my phone every other minute or I'm answering my emails all the time kind of thing. So like for me that and just for the listeners too, like that's just one tip I'll give you is like, don't be afraid like Pastor Mike said to just actually take and deconnect yourself from everything. Yeah. Um, that's, and maybe that won't work for everybody, obviously, but I know for me it does. I think you touched on something that, that what Sabbath looks like for me might be different from what Sabbath looks like for you. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to experiment and try and, and like yeah. learn new things about mm. what Sabbath looks like. And one other thing I'll say about Sabbath is don't honor it to like, don't let it become another thing that you put on the to-do list of like, Oh, I Sabbath that day, you know, obviously try to schedule it in one sense of like, make sure that you're trying to take maybe a more consistent um, Sabbath and everything. So I think once we get in, once your body gets into a routine and a rhythm and everything, you only benefit from it, but don't just put it on your schedule as another thing to check off. Yeah. So, so don't make it part of your rhythm, but don't make it part of your liturgy. Yeah. It just becomes part of the religious exercise that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're called to be stewards. Of everything, and that includes our body time. and our time and, yeah. and all those things. And and Sabbath helps us to steward that time. Yes. You know, there is something in the scripture that talks about uh, how they were supposed to, every seven years, let the land rest. Yeah. And the reason that they did that is that it allowed the soil to regain the nutrients which yeah. are needed. Well, that principle also deals with us in Sabbath. That if all you are doing is taking from yourself, taking from yourself, taking from yourself, then what has happened is all the nutrients and that that you, all of a sudden you become less effective. You yes. become uh, you you kind of you operate from a level of of shallowness and emptiness. Whereas if you have the opportunity to replenish yourself then all of a sudden the soil of your life is continually rich. Absolutely. And and that's probably one of the best analogies that I have heard is from that biblical principle. My and, my 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 take on it is I like to use a cup. I always and people always talk about the cup half empty half full. For me it's are you constantly pouring out your cup and that's that's your energy, right? So if you're constantly dipping out eventually that cup's going to run empty. And then what are you going to do? Well, then you have to find something in your life that fills the cup back up. Yeah. And oftentimes we talked about the depression and oftentimes when your cup becomes empty, you become desperate trying to figure out a way to fill it up. And some people fill it up with like addiction to whether it be alcohol, like all these other things. And if people just realize that you could actually just have your cup constantly filled if you just took one day to have it be filled. You know, and and I like to say you should be working from your overflow. You shouldn't ever have to dip into your worldly tank, so to speak. You should never have to, you know, have the cup actually run empty because you should constantly be having it filled, like yeah. from your Sabbath and your daily devotions and, and yeah. all those things. I find that I find that very much so if I am doing Sabbath correctly, if I'm practicing it correctly, if I'm actually working uh, from my rest rather than resting from my work, that it becomes a form of worship. It becomes a time where I begin to realize who God is and I take myself in from that and I, I gain the rest that I have, but I also have an opportunity uh, like no other 
to allow myself to see God for who he is. Absolutely. And, and I believe that there's the element of worship. The other thing is this, that when I am at a point where I'm in the rhythm of, of uh, observing um, Sabbath, my focus is on him, and God has the opportunity to expose the idols in my life. It is a remedy for idolatry, you know, and that, and that there, it's not like an idol in our life just kind of shows up and it's there. What happens is that Satan will slowly allow yes. that idol to sink in. And if I have those times where I'm reflecting, the times when I do the worst in my life is when I'm tired. And when I'm working uh, hard and and I'm just hurt and I'm overbearing and I'm stressed, well, that's where Satan has an opportunity. It creates a dark spot or a dark corner of my life where Satan has an opportunity to work. Mm-hmm. And so so there, stop and consider this. And I know that, that I'm going to be preaching on this in the next week or two, that there's a reason why it is in the scriptures. And why is it that that seems to be the attack that is most prominent in terms of the Ten Commandments, the one thing that we don't want to observe? Because I know that Satan realizes that that if he can keep us from observing Sabbath, he can keep us from drawing close to Jesus. Absolutely. And robs us from some of the greatest resources that we have. And all of a sudden we are working, and let's just take it from the form of a pastor, that all of a sudden I'm not working from that rest. I'm not receiving from God so that I can give to other people. I am handing people from an empty well. And and so Satan will do everything he can, and it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor it could be in your own personal ministry. It can be in your parenting. It can be in every single area of our life from work to everything. Because work is something that is a good thing. Absolutely. It's a blessing. We we aren't going to be in heaven on a hammock, sipping our favorite drink and listening to the harps or playing our harps. That That is a false notion of what heaven is, that, that we will be working. We will have the pleasure uh, work is something that we not have to do. It's something that we get to do. Yeah. And that becomes perverted when Sabbath is not added onto the equation. Yes. That there is there is things to do and God working. God is continually working, but there is something about the hallowedness of taking that time so that God can replenish us and work through us and for us to know him and to have that taste of heaven so important and sometimes we don't realize it's so important and we Satan gets us off our game so much that we don't take those times and when we do we rob ourselves yeah absolutely yeah and it's hard I'll be I'll just be honest when I I took a year off um, before I went to Bible college and I just worked I worked an insane amount of hours um and in that time I was a youth leader and stuff and I will admit like I did not really observe a Sabbath during that time. And I'll admit my relationship with the Lord was at one of its lowest during that time ever, because I never took time to go and actually like replenish him. And, and Satan just had his hooks in me. Like, it's like I was working in a very like secular like environment and stuff. And I still love the people that I work with and stuff, but it was like, they had a very negative influence on the way that I started talking and like doing my life and just how I carried myself. And it was 
I think a lot of it was because, like you said, I wasn't taking that time to actually rest and to like figure out who I was. Right. I think we talked about it at the beginning of the episode and I want to just touch on it again. Like your identity is not in the role title that you have or the job that you have or whatever. You are not just a parent. You are not just, you know, an IT specialist or whatever. It's like, no, more importantly than that, you're a child of the true one true King who loves you and cherishes you. And I think once you start to understand that, and actually realize the impact yeah. that that has on you, a lot of these things fall to the wayside. Yeah, yeah. So It's kind of interesting. I'd heard someone talk about this before. I think it was from Will Cordero's book, Dead Man Leading. <laughs> and he was talking about the fact that in Scripture, if you take a look at the Scripture, a day starts at 12 a.m. And that you need to have your rest first. Year. So your, your day should start with your rest. Yeah. I thought that that was very interesting. If you take a little close look um, at scripture and it's, it's important to, to understand, you know, how, how important that rest is for us. So absolutely, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there are times when I realize that I'm not working, um, or working from my rest. Yeah. There are indicators there are little red lights. There are little flashing things. I find if I'm angry, then I'm not working from my rest. I'm I'm working from this part of me that is wanting to control things. If I'm if I'm anxious, then um, I really you know if my if my body is feeling stress or pressure. If I'm not sleeping, if I'm irritable, again like I said, if I'm skimming, I realize that I'm not working from my rest. So there's a time where I have to stop and allow yeah. God to move. There was a, a sermon that I gave a number of weeks ago, and, and people, there was something that I think that the Holy Spirit had kind of spoke. And it was talking about the fact of whether you work um, from intimacy instead of industry. Yes, I remember that. When, when, when intimacy, when we put intimacy before industry, then we allow God to resource us so that we can give. Yes. Right? And if we're working from industry before intimacy, then we never ever get to that point of intimacy. We get robbed. And and that revolving door just keeps going and going and going where all we are doing is for industry. And sometimes we equate that, we equate that industry for intimacy. We think that the work is what we do. This is the way we worship the Lord. And God says, no, you sit at my feet. You take that time. Allow me to pour into you so that you can pour into the lives of other people. Exactly. And so it's important to be able to work from our rest. So, And that is the difference. I know I'm, I'm kind of hounding on this whole point. But it's important. But that is, that is the idea. This is what makes us different from any kind of business that says, I need to take rest. It's a little bit more. We're more contemplative of that. We work out of our relationship with Jesus, which is our identity. And so um, I'm hoping that as we get talking and explaining this, that, that that might convince those one or two of us out there who have kind of not taken the day off or who have taken the time off. It was just so that we can get our break in so that we can keep being productive. Absolutely. It has a whole lot more to do than that. And I want to just um, don't be afraid on your Sabbath, too, to, like, go out and do stuff either. Like so we're not in the Levitical times anymore. We're in like we're not traditional, like Jews, where we can only take so many steps. And you you know you make your bread the night before, you know, and you don't turn the lights on and all those other like things that that uh, people observe. Wow. Um, I remember a camp, a Christian. I was well, I grew up in a Christian home. Yeah, 
And so I had to get used to all these rules. And I remember we were being at a camp, and uh, we went to play tennis on a Sunday. And the camp director said, you can't do that. You can't play tennis. You can't go swimming. You can't. This is the Lord's Day. You are supposed to sit in your room and do nothing. Right? And we had such an off view of Sabbath in some of the yeah. earlier days. and. And I couldn't understand it because it was just kind of weird to me. You mean I can't have fun? I thought camp's supposed to be fun. Jesus was supposed to be fun and yeah. and enjoying him. And and so I think we've come a little way as and, far as that's concerned. And I just want people to know that like if you like if you have something to do that day, don't be afraid to go and do it. Like it's like if you're like truthfully, I think some people often use Sabbath as an excuse too, where it's. Oh, sorry, I can't help you. I'm, I'm, it's my Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Yes. So it's like, well, so, and if, and again, if you have to set a boundary, set a boundary, but it, you can't, you shouldn't be using your Sabbath as an excuse to like not help people or to not do something. Because ultimately, if it is a holy day and it is honoring God, then that includes serving others. Yeah. That includes, you know, like going out and actually doing things that honor God and bring glory to Him. Yeah, so here's a question. So based on that, and there's some people who are just kind of new to this whole thing, yeah. a Sabbath. I would imagine that one of the questions would be, well, so how do I set up Sabbath so that I'm not sitting in a room, you know, repeating a bunch of prayers and, and you know, really I'm bored, but I don't want to admit that I'm bored because that's a spiritual thing to do. How do I work my life so that so that I can honor God by taking the time away, resting my body, and receiving from Him. You know what I mean? How do I make it a delight? What are some of the things? Like, I'm, I'm wondering that those people who are really good at practicing Sabbath have prepared for Sabbath. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, this is what I'm going to do to enjoy my life on my Sabbath. And I'm going to make sure that my work is done. You know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to I realize that this day is slotted to take off to enjoy. So anything having to work, I'm going to think ahead to make sure that it's budgeted so that 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 I can kind of close that door. What are the activities that I really enjoy? What are some of the things that I can do to really reflect on God and draw close to him? That would be that to me is the number one question. So how do I do Sabbath well? I think the first thing is go to church. Like, truthfully, honestly, I think one of the th- easiest things that you can do to establish yourself a routine for a Sabbath is go to church. Yeah, I would think so. Right? Like, and, and so, and so as, I'm, as I'm listening to you say that, I would imagine some people that just means going, showing up, listening to the song and the sermon, and then going home. No, and, you had, and getting, I guess, that's, I guess that's, that's part of it. But just the idea of being able to enjoy other people who yes. share the same faith, to to hear and participate in corporate worship, to lift up Jesus yes. together, uh, to take that time to go out with friends afterwards to Wendy's or McDonald's, yeah. or we never go to Burger King because my wife hates Burger King. It would not be Sabbath for her if we went to Burger King. But I go to Burger King. If I do go to Burger King, I go on my own. Yeah, I got you. And, 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 that, and not that I go to Burger King. I maybe once or twice a year. But anyways... The opportunity to enjoy life and enjoy friends, activities that you like to do. And, and you know, now there's certain things. It's not like, okay, it's the Sabbath. I, I don't have to take care of my kids. You know, you, you still have to change the yeah. diaper on Sabbath. There, there are certain aspects of it. But within that realm, 
Um, I find that we find Sabbath boring because we are not creative enough. Exactly. We are not planning enough to make Sabbath the day that it should be. Yeah, and and so the re- I mean, the reason I said go to church is because it checks off all the boxes in a sense of like you're spending time with the Lord, you're doing your corporate worship, all these things, and that's great. But you, that is not that is step one in a way to observe Sabbath. So for me, it's I go to church on Sunday, or obviously I work, but it's like for me, I try to treat Sunday as a Sabbath for myself. So yes, I I come in and I work and. You know, when we put on a service, but I'm still taking part in corporate worship. I'm still meeting with people. I'm still helping and serve the Lord, and I'm still doing all of these things. And but it's what I do after that actually, like I think, makes me like. I mean, and again, I'm a little different than I think most people, just younger and everything like that. But when I go home, like it's like I'm not like I'm not going home to do laundry to do anything like that. I'm going home. I'm putting on my pajamas or whatever. And it's like, I am, you know, sometimes I'll read most of the time. I will like, usually Sundays, I will make a really nice meal for myself. I'll, I'll take a lot of time and I enjoy that. And it's joyous for me. Um, and I'll, I'll play video games with my friends that, and, and for me, it's like, I'm, I'm connecting with people. I'm still honoring the Lord by doing that. And I'm going to church and I'm like, and I'm doing that. But for some people, you know, maybe it's you're inviting some friends over to watch the hockey game. And that's like a good way to honor Sabbath. You're not doing a ton. You don't have to like, you don't have to cook them a five course meal or anything like that. But you're having your friends over, you're enjoying God's presence and you're honoring him and, and doing that. And I think that is a great way to observe Sabbath. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, I know some people really like to like work with their hands and or, or, or whatever. So yeah. maybe your Sabbath is going and working on your project. Yeah. Great. Go and yeah. do that. Like, and honor God in doing that. Yeah. So you don't do your chores that you don't like, but you don't mind doing the ones that you do like. Yeah, exactly. I think I I think that's a good way to put it, though. And I wouldn't even look at them as chores, right? I think you look so at if I hate gardening, but you love gardening, it might be that your Sabbath would would uh, be gardening, and and doing some things like that, and mine would not be, because I see it just as a bunch of weeds I got to pull, whereas you see it as seeing life come before you and growing and and that whole thing yeah. right well i'm just asking i'm just asking that question i think truthfully we're still human and we still have to uphold our relationships and everything so in that sense i would say you could probably still tr- try to take part in the gardening even though you're not you may not like it so much but you could look at the other aspect oh i get to spend time with somebody that i care about and i get to see their passion and their heart and their excitement okay. for doing that what about- and what about the Pentecostal nap? Well, I, you may be listening, you may not be. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what the Pentecostal nap is? Is that just sleep after church? Oh, yeah. It's just that like an hour or two hour nap that you have. Now, that used to be, it used to be for those for those of us who were kind of long in the, the tooth, it used to be that nap that you would have between the morning service and the evening service. Mm. Uh, we don't have, we have small groups now, usually on Sunday evening. Yeah. Which is that time where you just kind of sit and relax and to be able to to you know rest there's nothing wrong with that no I, like something something that is good for your body and just for your soul as well now can i be so bold as to ask a question as a young single male to a married man is it okay for your husband and wife to sabbath differently in that let's say your wife really loves gardening and you don't is it okay that she goes and gardens and you watch the football game yes yeah well, i think there has to be a negotiation because sometimes my 
uh, rest will cause her anxiety. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. And um, I am a very much people person. Uh, I just sometimes, oh, yes. uh, I guess as, as they've done studies about me, it appears that I am an extrovert. Oh, very the, much so. But the reality is, is that if I'm with two or three close friends, that's where I'm the most you know, people that you can just relax and just spend time with. You love being with them and yeah. stuff. That's kind of where mine is. And and it is for my wife as well. But my wife is more stressed in a large group of people. Mm. Whereas I would find enjoyment, she wouldn't. Yeah. And so as we observe Sabbath together, I think that there has to be a give and a take and, and a combination of things that we have done. And we have not perfected that. Yeah, absolutely. And so if, if all of a sudden all my, if I have six people over watching the football game, you know, that is a that is a restful thing for me and, and she's there making pizzas and meatball subs and all that stuff. That's not so much a rest for her. Unless she enjoys doing that. Unless all of a sudden she realizes it. And but there is a continual negotiation. There's a continual time where we try and figure it out. And there are times where I may have to compromise on what she enjoys as well or learn to enjoy yeah. with her. Yeah. Right, because that is part of the enjoyment. Part of the enjoyment is to be with her. Absolutely. Right, and so, you know, I, we haven't perfected it yet, but it certainly is certain. Some certainly is something that we have observed as a, a married couple for well, sure. And the reason I ask that is I don't want people to be so scared to like not do anything on the, on their Sabbath or whatever. Like, if your family needs help go and help them on the Sabbath. Like, it's like, that's still honoring to God and it's still glorifying him. You know, like uh, I think of like my family, we're trying to sell my mom's house right now. And like last Saturday, I'll be honest, I, I did not want to go and help. I was like, I am so tired. I was like, I don't want to do this. I just want to stay at home and do nothing. And like kind of have a Sabbath then because Sunday we were doing some work stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. But I still ended up going and helping and doing that. And like, yeah, I was way more exhausted and stuff like that physically anyway, but spiritually and mentally, I felt great because it was like I was able to honor the Lord by serving my family and friends and, and all that stuff. So just don't feel like you're, you have to be trapped into this legalistic view of like Sabbath either. It's like you still do things that are honoring to God and that includes helping people and go and help them. So if I'm putting together a Sabbath um, idea, one of the main ingredients is, is that I have to take a time where I delight in God yes. and enjoy. The other thing I have to do is I have to take the time to contemplate, to go a little bit deeper, because then it's just a holiday. Exactly. It's different between a holiday and, again, difference from resting from my work and working from my rest. And I think that it is the primary opportunity to maybe take that time to read a book or however you reflect on God, a quiet time, a walk, uh, a, a prayer walk that you might do, something that just draws you closer to Jesus, I think is an, an important part of it. Because you allow God, that it's in those times where you allow God to pour into you. And if you don't allow that time, then you don't ever get everything that the Sabbath was meant to do for you. Yeah, exactly. So there's a passage of scripture, and it's one of the main ones that have to do with tithing, and it was Isaiah that was talking. And it's Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 to 14. It says, If you turn your foot from breaking the Sabbath, from doing as you please on my holy day, and if you call the Sabbath a delight, 
It's kind of interesting how they put it that way, that you call it a delight. In other words, make it to a point where it's a delight to you. In the Lord's holy day, honorable. If you honor it by not going on your own way or seeking your own pleasure or speaking idle words, then you will delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the land and feed you with the heritage of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's an incredibly powerful passage of Scripture. And it says something, and it gives us a bit of a promise of, of fulfillment, happiness, um, mental wellness, emotional wellness. And in a time when we see people every day, you and I in the office every week, people coming in and they are just spent, that one of the biggest remedies God has given it to us uh, millenniums ago and if we can get ourselves to that realization that we can see God heal us of some of the major things that are holding us up in our society today. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's crazy to me the more that I look at Sabbath and the more that I even just do this podcast to realize I'm like, man, God sure thought of everything. Like it's actually so like joyful to me yeah. when I like look at it and stuff and I'm like, man, you know, he knew that and he thought of that. Yeah. You know? Our problem is is that we don't see it as the big rock. We see it as the little rock we put in afterwards, but in order for to get everything in the jar, we got to put the big rocks in first, mm. and we don't, we don't do that. And 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 this is the time we have to have those times where I say, okay, God, set me up with a rhythm that will honor you. Yeah, and and God invites us. It's an invitation to know Him in a deeper way. And so, if you are listening and you just want to go deeper then the first step is to re-examine what everything that God offers to give us and the promises that he extends to us. It is probably the greatest the greatest gift. I think I had a, a quote from a rabbi. I can't remember where I had done it. Rabbi Abraham Heschel that says this, the Sabbath is the most precious present the human race has received from the treasure house of God. And I believe that that is true, and I believe that there's a resource that that God is calling us back to, as we as we seek to live out our lives for Him, and as we seek to reach out to people. Absolutely, yeah. Anything, anything else? Have we? I, I think I've, we've we've gotten off of the. We always got we got a bit of a list, but we always go off that list. No, and, I think we stayed pretty close to it yeah? actually. In, okay. this, in terms of this one, good. No, I think that's everything, and I just want to encourage everybody that, you know. Take, taking a Sabbath and everything like that, it takes practice. It right. really does. It is a muscle like anything else that you have to build in your life because it's so ingrained in, into us that you work, you do this and yeah. everything like that. And it's so countercultural for us to stop and just, yeah. And it's okay to be bored. It's okay to like feel those normal human yeah. emotions that you feel the first time you take a yeah. Sabbath. It's yeah. completely okay and normal. Okay. Even Jesus got distracted. Yeah. Like, Right, we see that it we see that in his desert, like uh, like temptations. Up, he gets distracted. He's human, and so like if if the savior of the world can can be distracted and can feel human, then so can we. And our faith is discovered. The best things in our life and our faith are discovered daily, not in a day. Exactly. And it's it's important to understand that. Let me just tell you that I have not perfected Sabbath. I haven't. Either. I am. I am still a person learning. And leading, and there might be some people say, "Hey, this is what I do," and I'd say, "It's a great idea," but unless I'm purposeful in it, it just 
it just has the easy way. And I think that there is a huge spiritual battle attached to it. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from regularly practicing the Sabbath. So, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Episode. Can can we maybe we should close in a word of prayer? Yeah. We uh, and just ask that God will just give us wisdom and direction as we honor Him by observing Sabbath. Well, we just pray for every single person who is here. And there are some people I know who are listening who are way ahead of me in terms of understanding Sabbath. And yet at the same time, there's some some real there's some real needs with people who are just so overwhelmed and stressed. And that's never, you know, your word has said, God, to come unto me, all you who are labor and, and are heavy laden, and, and you will give us rest. And pray, Father, that you will help us to find rest in every single way. And the, the primary one has just been through Sabbath. So help us, God, as a community of believers to understand and practice uh, Sabbath, which is the gift that you have given us, Father. And let us just enjoy you and to be able to work from that enjoyment from you, Father, because there's lots of things you want us to do, Father, but you want us to enjoy you as well. And so I just pray that blessing upon each person who's learning. Uh, for those who may have questions, I just pray that they will come and seek us out and you be looking up, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It kind of reminds me, if there's any, anybody who have any questions or, or that, then we certainly want to listen. We want to open up the lines of communication uh, with you. You just need to email us at forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca. Please, um, we do want to do a Q&A episode at some point, but we need questions. So please email us or follow Bethel Brandon on Instagram, social media, all that stuff. Um, leave it in your review. If you're going to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, leave questions, all that kind of stuff. We want to be able to answer them and help you guys, you know, go from a level 10 to an 11, to a level 11. Yeah. So if, and if this is helpful to you, make sure you share it, share with your friends, share it within the Christian community, or maybe you don't have friends who are not in the community, Christian community and, and you're just trying to reach them. This might be a, just yep. a good, a good introduction to them. So absolutely with that. God bless you. Have a great day, and I'm trusting that uh, we'll draw closer to him every day. God bless you guys. Have a great day.